The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by ZipRecruiter. Forgetting to start the hottest quarterback in the league, Josh Allen, not smart. Using ZipRecruiter to find qualified candidates fast, that's smart. ZipRecruiter identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, then actively invites them to apply. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. Welcome in to the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. It is a Thursday edition of our small little fantasy football show. I am Field Yates. Mike Clay is to my left and Stefania Bell to his left. What's going on, everybody? Same crew as yesterday. That's yeah. right. I know. See if I could power <laughs> through three in a week. <laughs> I, know. I don't know how you guys do five. I'm going to try to do three. I think I think you're going to make it because we'll we're, we're here to prop you up. It's what we do. Well, we're we're, we're some... accustomed to having to prop up whoever sits in the middle chair. So. Oh, right. That's <laughs> a good point, Stefania. And coming up on today's show, we'll have, of course, a preview of tonight's game between the Jaguars and the Titans in Tennessee. We'll talk about some news, some really unfortunate news yesterday. And then also, of course, we'll give you some dynasty. Well, not of course, but we'll also give you some <laughs> dynasty talk from Mike Clay. Mike is, of course, the dynasty guru here at ESPN. And a lot of people are turning the page on the 2019 mm-hmm. already because they did not make the playoffs. Or if they did, they're not feeling great about their chances. Yeah, yeah. no question. It's a, a great time to talk about running backs, too, because it's kind of making a comeback, right? We were a little worried last season. Running back was kind of disappearing from the NFL, these standouts. But so many young studs right now, especially after this year's rookie class. So a lot to... uh Talk about. We're going to focus in on on running back backfields and uh, the rookie class from last season. A lot to get to there. No, I was just going to say it's what you do. You don't make the playoffs. You're like on to next season. Yep, keepers. You know? yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Well, that really is the beauty say? of fantasy football, right. Though, right? Is right. in the same way that and I feel bad for some of these teams that have been out of the playoffs for so so long. But the great part about the NFL, and I think this applies to all sports, but I think the NFL has it figured out best in terms of a 365 day a year model. Is that the minute your team is eliminated from playoff contention? You're already thinking about the draft status. Like the 49ers and the and the Raiders may not have much to play for, except for the number one pick in the draft. Like mm-hmm. I think I've seen Stefania watching no less than like three hours of <laughs> Nick Bosa YouTube clips. That's right. Because she's getting ready for the possibility of him becoming a 49er and changing the all the the complexion of that defense immediately. So football is the ultimate 365 day a year um, exercise. And let's get right to the stuff that matters right now. Fantasy news from the National Football League. It's the instant replay. All right, really a bummer uh, to hear this yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders, the Broncos' remarkable wide receiver, was in practice yesterday, and Stefania, he got hurt, and it's bad, bad news. He did. He tore his Achilles, and you know, it's these injuries tend to happen in clusters. In the preseason, you see them in the preseason and like week one, two. So when guys are getting reacclimated to playing football, and then you see them late in the year, and it's typically associated with fatigue. You know, the bodies are wearing down; they just don't tolerate things. And it's interesting how often these things happen in practice. I mean, we saw it with Des Bryant when he comes in. Now his happened at a weird time, but for him it was as if it was the preseason, one, right? Yeah. He was just getting acclimated. Now Emmanuel Sanders, unfortunately, torn Achilles. Obviously, that requires surgery to repair it. 
a variable timetable. Some of it depends on the type of procedure that you have done and then how you do during the different phases of rehab. But I, you know, I've seen reports like, Hey, he might miss part of the start of next season. I think it's too soon to speculate on that, but obviously done now going forward uh, with surgery and you hope for a strong recovery from him. Mike, this is about as thin of a wide receiver group in the NFL as you'll find right now. Obviously, they traded away Demarius Thomas at the deadline in part because they felt good about Cortland Sutton as their number two wideout opposite of Emmanuel Sanders. But Sutton is now the number one wideout on paper. Is he a number one wideout or anywhere close to that in fantasy football? Certainly not a, a top 10 option. He's not there yet. Can he get there down the stretch? I mean, can he just take another step forward off last week? I, maybe. I mean, yeah. he's the second round. It would have pick. to happen fast, right? We've yeah. got four weeks left. Oh, yeah. So. It, would, it would have to happen fast. But is, is this enough that you feel a little more comfortable starting him each and every week, especially off, off the big game? Yeah, I think so. I think he's he's certainly in the wide receiver three mix, maybe even in the wide receiver two mix. Remember, this is a Broncos offense that has taken a step forward. They're playing better as of late. Case Keenum has gotten these skill guys to football. So uh, the very interesting prospect, excited about Sutton. Obviously, at a killer combine. He's 6'3", 220, and just dominated the short area drills. You love to see that. And he's a guy who worked out a lot with Anquan Bolden, right? He, he, if you model your game after Anquan Bolden, and he kind of fits that bill, and plays at that close to that level, he's going to be a stud. So I'm excited, but just keep in mind more value in non PPR, right? Because he's used as a deep downfield threat. 19.9 yards per catch this year is highest at uh, running back. So low catch rate, high yards per reception. Yeah, less than 60 targets so far this year for Sutton. Just 28 catches. Not even catching 50 percent of his targets. Interesting how our conversation about him yesterday, which is of course before the Emmanuel Sanders <laughs> okay. injury, has taken on a lot of new form. He's a top mm-hmm. 30 play in the consensus ranks. On ESPN.com right now, if you're wondering who the next receiver up is in Denver, like this would probably only be a deeper league consideration. But right now, the names are Tim Patrick, Andre Holmes, who they claimed off of waivers yesterday, Deshaun Hamilton, rookie this year. But the point is this. If we're saying that it's going to take some time for us to feel like Cortland Sutton can hit that stride and become like a top 20 play, like... Far be it for me to assume that any of those players become fantasy relevant right away. Yeah, the guy who's going to probably replace him in the slot is Hamilton, who you just mentioned, another mid-round rookie this year. He played 98% in the slot at Penn State yep. last season. Kind of, he's, he's a big slot, kind of like a Muhammad Sanu is probably your best comp there. So if you want to add a guy to your bench, like to throw a dart, you know, the end of your bench, hey, maybe this guy comes out and sees a 20% target share and is suddenly on the radar. That would be the guy to take that shot. Probably a deeper league consideration only. Sutton was available as of about, uh, as of yesterday in about 45% of leagues. We know that's going to go dramatically down, probably close to, if not at 100% by the time we get to Sunday. Uh, Doug Martin's dealing with a knee injury now, Stefania, and CJ Anderson was signed yesterday. You can assume that these two, I don't say go entirely hand in hand, but they're probably not unrelated. Probably not. I mean, the Raiders probably want some insurance there, but also Doug Martin practiced fully yesterday. So it's hard to be overly concerned about the knee issue. He's been on the injury report for a number of weeks, especially lately. Uh, but I don't think there's any indication as of right now that he'll miss this game. I got to tell you, there are a lot of things the Raiders have done this offseason or did this offseason that we all disagree with or that I think I disagree with and kind of have worked out as I expected them to work raise out. eyebrows. But Doug Martin's actually been okay this year. He's actually run pretty well when given the opportunities. They are just so bad that he has so few opportunities to actually get 15 or 20 carries in a game. He actually got 18 this past week against Kansas City, but he's been fine when given the chance to run. Yeah, he's kind of been like what Frank Gore has been in fantasy the past few seasons, right? Like uh, low ceiling, but gives you enough floor that you're like, all right, I need a running back option. I could throw him in my flex. I can my rank him. I mean, yeah. it's, look, look at his six finishes since uh, Lynch went down. 32, 31, 22, 32, 19, 23. 
I mean, consistent. Alicia could give him that. That's pretty. That's, that's actually that's pretty right. solid that's right actually, there. Yeah, yeah sounds yeah, like a flex player better right than, there. If you put that up, I would not be like, oh, yeah. that's Doug Martin. Would not. Like, have, yeah, would yeah, not, no, not have included blind no resume. Would not have put him in the group. Been better than I suppose we expected. The last piece of news here, Stefania, before we get to a game preview, is that Melvin Gordon did not practice on Wednesday for the Chargers. No official word yet for Week 14. Is the writing yet on the wall, though? I think so. Uh, they they got to be smart with Melvin Gordon. And I look, they gambled a little bit and he ended up with a new knee injury. So I think that that you can take away from this that it does not look like he will be available to go this week. And again, I, I feel like the broken record on this subject, but these guys who are on teams that are looking at the potential for postseason, when they're looking at the window, it's not the same window that we're looking at for fantasy playoffs. They're thinking if I get them back, you know, a little bit later, they need to be able to go through the through a postseason run. And so the smart money is on uh, Melvin Gordon to wait out this week and get himself a little bit stronger. By the way, I posted on my Instagram account a little repost of Melvin Gordon doing some work. If you want to take a look at Melvin Gordon doing some exercises for his knee. Yeah, so, he was doing something that I don't think I'm capable of doing. Yeah, that well, exercise. Stefania yeah, B87. Getting into that position. One of the most electric <laughs> accounts in all of the gram. Take it from somebody who spends way too much time on Instagram. By the way, the Chiefs, I'm sorry, the Chargers play the Chiefs the following Thursday. So yeah, I don't want to say that they are looking past together, the Bengals, but, but anytime you have a Thursday game looming, yeah. <laughs> if there's ever a team you can look past I was right just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> you can get away with that, I think. So let's just assume he does not play this week, Mike. How do we rank Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson based off what we saw this past week and relative to where we had them ranked going into that Steelers game? Yeah, it's a little tricky. I mean, you see some chatter out there that maybe even Jackson's the play, but I'm not buying into that. I, I, there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, the snap difference last week, and I know Jackson kind of came on late, but it was dramatically different. It was uh, 46 to 14 in uh, with the edge to Eckler, obviously. Um, Jackson, yeah, he came out strong. He'll probably play a lot, finish strong. He'll probably play a larger role this week, but I still think Eckler with his role as a pass catcher, his efficiency all season long, the fact that in two games without Gordon, he has been a workhorse back. I still think he's clearly the best play. I think he's a, I'm actually at eight, so I think he's a fringe RB1. Oh, yeah. Jackson, more of a desperation flex play. I'd be nervous there. Interesting. I think the only school of thought for Jackson over Eckler this week would be the idea that, hey, they were down instantly last week, big against Pittsburgh, and they had no choice but to basically throw it, throw it, and throw it some more until, what, beginning of the fourth quarter when all of a sudden that game was competitive enough that Jackson could be worked into the mix. Now you're playing the Bengals where you figure the game script might be a little bit different, but mm-hmm. I am in agreement that it's still Eckler that I would prefer to play out of those two running backs with Justin Jackson as a flex consideration. Chargers, one of those teams, man, that they're starting to change perceptions, starting to change some perceptions because people have been nervous about the Chargers for a long time, and with good reason. Speaking of the Boses, Mr. Joey Bosa <laughs> back for them. That's been I huge. Know, they're well, already winning. You yeah. know what? And a lot of people were frustrated with how long it took, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's, a midfoot injury is so difficult, and it, I think they were totally smart to to have him wait as long as he did. And now, look, it's like, you know, getting a gift at the end of the season. No doubt. Yep. Joey Bosa. That guy is the real deal. We talked about Nick Bosa potentially going to San Francisco. Joey Bosa already in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, the the Chargers, though, I guess I said, they're changing some perceptions, but they've got a chance to really, I think, maybe change perceptions even more next Thursday night, assuming they do win this weekend. Against the Bengals and then play the Chiefs. That game is at Arrowhead Stadium. Now that will be a fun oh, Thursday night game Thursday to watch. Night game <laughs> to look forward to. Can we, can forward we to just move ahead to next game. Thursday night's game? 
<laughs> I am in. Arrowhead Stadium. They want a ding from you, Stefania. Oh, I was like, I thought they hey, were going to get to, down. Hey, welcome to the get- podcast, Stefania. I know it's been a long time since you've been here, but... Because it'll be an arrowhead. I didn't know what they were I doing. No, I when I didn't know what they were doing. I thought I a thought, tornado was coming I, through the I room know, or something. I thought they were telling me to duck. They're doing a yeah, hand motion. You can't say it like this. I'm like, what are you talking? You've been. I, I don't understand. I just I thought the word arrowhead just invoked a thing. Well, it used to. Till somebody who shall not be named rained on my parade and wasn't allowing me to do it for a while. Wow! Wow! Shots fired. Sorry that Jay did that to you. <laughs> How dare Jay do something of that nature? Have you finished your holiday shopping yet? Nope. No worries. You can get everything you need for you and your loved ones at MeUndies. Don't worry, I have not, I have not either, Mike. MeUndies uses the coveted micromodal fabric, which is three times softer than cotton. If you've never felt this fabric, get ready to experience pure bliss in underwear form. They release multiple fun prints each month in matching socks and bralettes. I like some of the, I, I keep it pretty simple for the most part on the underwear, but anything just sort of like solid stripes, I'm in on that. Mm-hmm. You can even get a matching pair with your partner. Seriously, these fun undies would be a great stocking stuffer. But why stop at undies? Me undies has cozy lounge pants. Daniel, big fans of that. Yeah, I got the onesie that I love. Sometimes I double up and wear MeUndies underwear with the onesie. Sometimes <laughs> I get crazy, don't wear underwear with the MeUndies onesie. That's way you know more I mean? than I know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, well, that that, wow. that that onesie, by the way, is perfect to wear <laughs> on Christmas morning. Everybody likes to be cozy on Christmas morning. And MeUndies has a With great underwear. offer for our listeners right now. For any first-time purchasers, when you get MeUndies, you get 15% off plus free shipping. Order by 1216. It's December 16th. That's one week. That's 10 days from right now. And that gives you free shipping in time for Christmas. And if you're crunched for time, you can't go wrong with a Me Undies gift card. It's a no-brainer. Get 15% off of the most comfortable undies you'll ever put on. Let's be honest. When you're buying a, like a Christmas gift for your dad, your dad never tells you what he wants for Christmas. You just assume he's going to want new underwear or a tie. Let's right, like that's how it goes. So you buy your dad some Me Undies. He's happy. All is well in the universe. To get 15% off your first pair plus free shipping and 100% satisfaction guaranteed, go to MeUndies.com slash FFF. That's MeUndies.com slash FFF. Can't wait for this one tonight, I think. Uh, the Jaguars go to Tennessee. They play the Titans. The Jaguars uh, and and Titans both coming off of a win this past week, 4-8 and eight versus 6-6. Six and six. Titans are 3.5-point favorites. I would venture to say... This is one of the lowest point totals we'll see at some point this season. 37.5 is the over-under between Tennessee and Jacksonville. For the Jaguars, here are the players you're starting. Leonard Fournette, and I say the Jaguars' defense. We'll get to them in just a moment, but Fournette, back after that one-game suspension, since he returned Mm -hmm. at, at full strength after the team's bye, he has basically been the workhorse back that you drafted him to be. Yeah, no question. I, I guess your your issue here is are there any touchdowns going to be scored? Because there were zero touchdowns scored in the first meeting between right, these teams between these this two, season. Yeah. Nine to six uh, back in week three. So that's your concern. But you're right. Fournette has been good. I mean, you look at his three games since he's been back. He's finished RB7, RB6, and RB6 in fantasy. Pretty darn good. Five touchdowns in those three games. Uh, is there some concerns here? Sure. 3.5 yards per carry. The efficiency hasn't been too good. And he's averaging only 8.4 pass routes per game which is insanely low that really makes you wonder about his potential target share in this offense by the way titans has mentioned a pretty good defense they're allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points to running backs over the past two months so some pluses some minuses for me it makes him kind of a fringe top 10 option 
Yeah, Leonard Fournette, love to see him get the ball into the end zone because, as you said, Mike, it was so ugly the last time these two teams played. I would imagine he is motivated to do some damage down the stretch. It has been a year that has not gone nearly as planned for Leonard Fournette between the injuries and the suspension last week. If nothing else, he should be well-rested. Obviously, Carlos Hyde falls off of fantasy relevance tonight, and TJ Yeldon sneaks in as mostly a flex consideration. He has been very involved in the passing game for the Jaguars. But the defense is sort of an interesting one here, Mike. I've got him as a number one ranked defense this week. You've got him at 12. Wow. That would mean in a 10-team league, you don't advocate starting the Jaguars defense. Did you not watch last week, Michael? I did watch last week. It was impressive, but I also watched the whole season. I don't just watch one game. I watched wow. all of the games. Field. Okay, Have you watched yeah, the Titans this season then? I have, and in fact, I've seen Marcus Mariota be pretty good. They've scored some points when he's been under center. I know they've had a couple random games where it's been a disaster, but I mean, as we'll, we'll talk about him in a second. He's been a pretty good fantasy quarterback as of late. So I have concerns here. First of all, they're number 15 in fantasy points among defenses so far this season with very similar personnel. It's not like they just got this injection of healthy players out of nowhere. Aside of A.J. Boye missing time, they've been pretty healthy. They've scored exactly zero points as a defense two of their past four outings. They're below average or straight up horrible in interceptions, forced fumbles, sacks. They only have one touchdown this season. They had eight last year. And uh, for me, add that all up. I mean, even for a good matchup, you upgrade them a little bit. But Still, how far can you go on a, on a defense that has not performed for the most part? I'll tell you season. how far you can go. Yeah. You can have a number one. <laughs> That's too high. That, That's what I say. Who's the most talented defense in the NFL? The Jags. Chicago's in the conversation, maybe, right. but I think it's the Jags. So it's the Jags or the Bears would be my two. You know, I think the the, the, the Bears, the Jaguars, the Vikings are still really talented. They're very they talented. They just haven't played up to expectations yep. no this question. year. No question. Philadelphia's pretty well. Yeah, second, and some of the other area. defenses flash. You know, they yep. have good components. Like the, are the Saints are yep. not balanced, but they, I like they, you know, they have strong run defense, but you're still going to be able to score points on them. So we're looking to potentially orchestrate the first ever three pronged stance bet. Correct. That's correct. Mm-hmm. That's accurate. This comes from behind the glass. Yep. Wow. Where Daniel, or maybe Kyle or Keith, one the of, of us collectively came here. together with this. Yep. If the Jaguars finish as somewhere between one and six amongst defenses this week, I win the stance socks. If they finish somewhere between seven and 12, Mike wins the stance socks. Done. If they finish 13th or worst, which technically gives them the widest range 13th of outcomes. So the most likely to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is totally not fair. Behind the glass. Major edge here. Yeah. Wait. I- Somehow, there's one person that's left out of this. Stephania, if they pick a window. She should pick a window. If they finish exactly fourth, then you can. pick her window. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll just give you one of my socks. (laughs) Wow. So I have one of Mike's from yesterday and one of yours from today. You don't have a pair. They may not be the same color. A pair of Eagles brown socks. That'll be fantastic. One brown, one green. That'll be awesome. So, Stefania, would you like to get on the mayhem? Or yeah, no? whose side do you want on this? Yeah, well, I my ranking, I ranked them fourth this week, which I thought mm. was really low. But I'm field. obviously with Field. Yeah. Okay. Once again, Stefania proves to be the smartest member of this podcast <laughs> uh, and chooses to be as part of the one through six brigade. So, the stance socks bet has been laid down. One through six, Stefania and I get socks. Se- or we split a pair of socks. Seven we, through 12, we get a whole Mike gets a pair of socks. 13th or worse, the behind-the-glass team gets a gets pair of socks. And this is for the entire week. This is not just them. based on defenses playing this Thursday. Just Correct. to make sure that we know that. Okay? <laughs> oh. right. Although I would take that bet if you want to make yeah, the caveat no, no, just Thursday. Nope. I, think, I, I think it is the entire week. I think, we do. I think we do pretty well. That's By the good, way, 
are you guys splitting a pair of socks between no, the three, three of you? No, we get three pairs of socks. Oh, yeah. wow, man, checking. that's a really this is a really good bet by yeah, you Daniel guys. Daniel gets the some tube credit. of one sock. Keith gets the foot of either sock, and Kyle gets the leftover. I thought thread maybe they just rotate them. Like you get the socks one day, then you do. That's, you could just share them. That's right. Yeah, oh, that wouldn't be bad. Monday. Yeah, you have Mondays and Tuesdays. Any day that Matthew's here, Daniel gets to wear the socks. When he's not here, Keith gets to wear them. During the offseason, Kyle gets to wear them. Exactly. Oh, that's not a bad bet right there. <laughs> we figured it all out. All right. Put it in the drawer, baby. Riveting. Put it in the Riveting. drawer. Put it in the drawer. All right. Uh, if, if there was a Jaguars wide receiver to play this week, Mike, who would you choose and why? Um, if I had to, I, it would be D.D. Westbrook. He's trending the right direction here midway through his second season. We're seeing the targets go up 18-plus percent target share in four straight games. He's wide receiver 31 this season, actually. So he's kind of been giving you, you know, if you add up the raw totals, which isn't everything, but notable nonetheless, he's getting you fringe wide receiver three numbers. He's been top 36 three of his past five outings. The Titans allowing the fifth most fantasy points to receivers over the past eight weeks. We know uh, they've had some tr- trouble at uh, cornerback this season. So, uh, you know, he's in the slot. He is one of the tougher matchups in terms of receiver cornerback matchups, but uh, he's the guy that's been getting the target. So if I had to start one as a flex, that would be who. Uh, there you go. Mike is all in on the Jaguars wide receivers. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> start them all. Take a quick break and come right back and preview the other side of this matchup, the Tennessee Titans. And now a note from our ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week. Hey, this is Chelsea Flores, the ZipRecruiter Smartest Fan of the Week. And with the recent birth of our twins, Kaysen and Camila, we've ensured another generation of mediocre fantasy advice listeners. Now back to the show. Oh, that is awesome. That was sweet. Beautiful names right there. Congratulations on the twins. And Yes, congratulations. And by the way, love that the twins are going to be indoctrinated yeah. <laughs> into the Ozexono before they even are aware of what's happening. Fantasy, God willing, when it's like, you know, Daniel Dopped Jr. and like Mike Clay's <laughs> son doing this podcast in 20 years. Even, you don't have a son. You have I've, two daughters. I have two daughters. I was just going to say one of them, yeah. uh, Casey, the other day, the four-year-old, is like she. my wife said on Sunday when I was, when I was on campus all day, she said, why is football so important? Like, you starting to understand, like, that See? it's a part of our life. All right, well, then life. Casey Clay <laughs> and Daniel Dobb Jr. are going to be hosting this podcast one day. It's going to be great. The 0601 is going to make major strides in, like, yeah, 2037. All right, for the Titans, it's pretty slim pickings as well. No players that we were saying is a must-start and no one that's really injured here. So, Mike, you just talked about talked up Marcus Mariota, and he's wearing your rankings? Uh, not not too good. Uh, he's not outside ranked. the top. Uh, yeah, it, this is one of them things where you know, as I sit down to do a little research last night, I'm like looking at his production lately and trying to figure out why I'm, he's not higher in my rankings. Right? Yeah. Like why? And I guess the the answer to that is there's just so many options at quarterback. We talk about that. I feel like every week, right? There's just so many options. And uh, I mean, look what he's done lately. He's been top eight at the position four of his past five games. Believe it or not, he's finished top ten this season in 45 percent of his outings. That ranks. 13th at the position he's going to hit a career high in rushing yards for a season this week he should get there barring disaster and you know I I guess if you look at the red flags here he hasn't thrown more than two touchdowns in a single game so he just doesn't have that that massively high ceiling you want especially during the fantasy playoff so um, I'm I'm interested to see what the Jags defense does tonight obviously they shut down Andrew Luck but uh, they've allowed the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks over the past two months so they've been 
up and down. It's it's a tough call. I don't feel super great starting him, but he's flashed as of late. Yeah, obviously he did play, but get hurt the last time these two teams played. But he right. managed a hundred passing yards on eighteen passing attempts the first time these two teams squared off. The Jaguars' run defense has been really good of late, Mike. That's I think the scare for Deion Lewis. Mm-hmm. I've got him at thirty-one. Henry at 43. You've got Lewis at 25 and 42 for Henry. Stefania has him at 35 and 40 respectively. So we all have the edge to Deion Lewis. But last time these two teams played, he rushed for 26 yards on nine carries, less than three yards per attempt. I think what you're doing if you're playing Deion Lewis is you're hoping for a bunch of catches in this game because they just can't run the football against the Jags. Yeah, no question. De- uh, Derek Henry, by the way, 18 carries in that game, only 57 yards. The Jags have allowed the fewest fantasy points to running backs over the past two months. Obviously, that's a strength with just the insane amount of talent they have on that interior line. Even Taven Bryan getting more work here in the second half, their first-round pick. But uh, you look back at the past three weeks, we're seeing a little bit of a change. Deion Lewis, 23 carries and 12 targets. Derek Henry, 27 carries and five targets. He's still not doing much as a... A pass catcher, but he has taken the lead in terms of carries. That's that's not good for Deion Lewis. And, uh, uh, you know, the one thing I will say is if you look at goal line work, right, you're, you're thinking Derrick Henry, you know, he's a flex because he'll get you touchdowns. He'll get the goal line work. Not necessarily. He has five carries inside the five this season. Deion Lewis and Marcus Mariota have three. And, of course, Luke Stocker has one for some reason. But uh, nonetheless, it's been closer than, than you probably realize. So uh, split backfield. And they haven't been too productive, and it's a very tough matchup. So I don't feel great about either guy. One of those backfields that has never really found its footing this year. I mean, Deion Lewis found a little bit of mojo at one point midseason, but has not been great from start to finish. I don't think it's all on the players. I think it's just like the offense is not quite there as a whole. Less favorable spots for Deion Lewis to run into. Yeah, and we're, we're going to talk about their dynasty at, uh, outlook a little bit later and talk a little bit about Lewis's efficiency as well. I was just looking. Deion Lewis has scored two touchdowns. This year, if you had said it at the beginning of this, remember what we thought when Dan Lewis was going to Tennessee, like that he really had a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And especially based on what we saw with him at the Patriots and how we thought they might use him. I I mean, I knew the production had been down, but I just had to remind myself only two touchdowns so far this season. And I don't really understand why his workload has dipped so much of late. Um, But to me, the only thing promising in this game is the potential for Mariota to connect with Corey Davis now that he's throwing the ball more down the field. Well, along those lines, Stefania, why don't we get to our IBM Insight of the Week. Mr. Kyle Sapi, as always, takes a premiere on Corey Davis. Yeah, Corey Davis has been viable two weeks in a row, and IBM Watson gives him a good shot to get there again this week. He's 27.1% chance to boom is more than double that of his bust rate. A boom game would mean over 15.6 points. You guys think he can get there? 15.1 points would be a boom for Corey Davis. I've got him at 33. Six. Mike's got him at 38. Stefan's got him at 26. So I think what we're saying is that we would lean more towards below boom no. and above bust. Yeah. Right? No kind of boom, middle of the no road. bust. Yeah. Yeah, middle I'm not of the road a... matchup. You know, he, he was, he's been brilliant in some moments this year and he's actually overcome some really difficult matchups at times. But Mike, you mentioned it, uh, I think like halfway the season, like he just went through the gauntlet of bad matchups at cornerbacks, and then it was going to regress. Yep. But this is like the lone exception. Like, he's got a... This is this is about as difficult as it gets, Jalen yeah. Ramsey. Yeah, brutal schedule. He's still wide receiver 22 on the season from yeah. the massive uh, efficiency and the, and target, the uh, chair. target chair, for sure. Um, but as we mentioned, you know, he has, he has this tough slate. It's easier in the second half, but there's that Jags game that looms, right? So we always, we always mention this, and here it is. He's been top 26 four of his past five games since thereby. The targets have actually been down, but the, again, the efficiency, the matchups have been better, and he's produced. He's top 20 in the NFL in end zone targets. 
Uh, you look at the Jags defense here, 10th fewest fantasy points to receivers over the past two months, but they've never shadowed Corey Davis. Now, these two teams have faced off three times since Davis has been in the league. They've never shadowed him, and you look at his production in those games. In week three earlier this season, four targets and two catches for 30, uh, 34 yards. Almost all of those routes were against A.J. Boye, AJ Boye or Jalen Ramsey. Same thing last season. Was not very good. You look at uh, the two games last season against Jacksonville, Five targets, one catch, four yards on 32 pass routes. 30 against Ramsey and Boye. So they don't shadow him, but he ends up on the perimeter a lot against those two guys. It's going to be a very tough matchup. So I love Davis. I think the future looks bright, even the rest of the season. But this week, I'm staying away. If I can. Anyway, Daniel, what do you got? I just want to ask a quick question that I, I could see people that don't understand the way that you do all these rankings work, Mike. I just want to bring everyone behind the curtain. So you've got the Jags ranked 12th as a defense. But then you basically hate everybody on offense for the Titans. How does that work out from that standpoint where you're like, I'm so down on this defense, but now I'm also saying that none of these guys are going to score points? I throw darts. That's what I do. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. No, I, listen, there's, there's aspects. I know, I know there's teams. a reason. That's why I just, I wanted yeah. to get it out there because I'm sure people ask that question. No, yeah. absolutely makes sense. Field and I asked that very question. Yeah, they're over here rolling their eyes at me. So, uh, the reason is what I kind of laid out before. I mean, points against are very important, obviously, to your, your scoring as is yardage allowed, but there's sacks, there's interceptions, there's tackles for loss, whatever your scoring includes. And in our default scoring, those other things matter too. And they are not forcing fumbles. They are not getting sacks. They're not getting interceptions. So they could hold Tennessee. I, actually, Tennessee's at home in this one. I have them winning this one by, I think, like 22 to 15, something like that. Wow, way to spoil picks can pick them, Mike. Well, Jeez, now you know where I am. You can well. copy me. But nonetheless, I have them getting to the 20-point mark. So, you know, I think that's enough for them to not be great as a fantasy offense in terms of Mariota and, and Lewis and, and these guys offensively. Corey Davis, obviously, don't love him. But if they're not sacking Mariota and not forcing turnovers, they're not going to have a good fantasy day. And part of this, what Keith was saying behind the glass when he was defending you, I just want you to know that Keith apparently is your friend, uh, was saying that like wow. you're, you're assuming that someone obviously on this Titans defense is going to, or Titans offense is going to score. You just have no idea who it's going to be, which is why everyone is ranked where they're at. No doubt. I mean, you can only, you have to hedge on touchdowns. You can't really project, uh, you can't project non-quarterbacks for full touchdowns or your, your rankings and scoring is going to be all over the place and you're going to do a terrible job ranking players. So, yeah, everybody. That's why everybody's projected at like point six touchdowns or point three touchdowns because if you just put pick zero or one, it's going to be all over the place. I totally understand that. <laughs> this is an off season podcast. We need to do some off season podcast. Um, here's what I say: I think Corey Davis is the one target who can get in the end zone. I think Marcus Mariota is throwing the ball farther down the field, which is something he was not doing early in the season. If you look at the last time they played the Jaguars, that was right when he was coming off the injury where he had the numbness going into his hand and his fingers, and there was still some question about how well he could throw. Like, he was not making the throws that he's been making. He threw a ball 40 yards last week. Like, we haven't seen that. So I feel like his best opportunity is to take a couple downfield shots to Corey Davis, and that's their best chance of scoring. And that's how I rank my players. Field? Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's Stefania said? No, my, my thinking on this was, so the, the reason why I have my players ranked as such, I think that Deion Lewis, as I mentioned earlier, has the best chance to gobble up five catches in the second half when this game, they can't get anything going on the ground. They're trying to grind out a couple of scoring drives, even if it only results in a touchdown and a field goal. Meanwhile, Corey Davis is the most prone to being productive in the passing game. I don't have a ton of confidence in them. I nope. just know that I'm going to win some socks because of Calais Campbell uh, yeah, and Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. Shout out to you. 
So let's pick this game. Mike already gave away his pick for this <laughs> game, but for the rest of us that don't like to give things away because we're of the people. You know, we want our listeners to stick around for the entirety of the show. What was your pick again, Mike? 22, Just for fun. 22-15 Titans. So I have them covering. Them. I think okay. it's four, right? The line's four? wrong. Uh, the Titans are three and a half <laughs> point favorites. Wow, way off. And I'm bad. taking the Jaguars. Daniel, how about you? Me too. I am taking the Jaguars and for Leonard Fournette to be over 40 carries for this game. Uh, I'll take that sock, 40. Uh, sock bet right 40. now. 40? Do you know Cody Kessler is starting for them today? Yeah, well, I'm aware. Yeah. M- must start, by the way. Yeah, yeah, Warmer yeah, Brown, sorry. how dare you? <laughs> I'm, uh, I think the Titans win this one, but I take the Jaguars to cover. Ooh, we're all over the board there. Right. I like it. Do you know uh, the, the Brown, there's, there's like, I think it's 16 former Browns quarterbacks that are current backups in the NFL and active rosters. That is insanity. 16, you said? Yeah, I think it's like rain that rain. Some guys <laughs> might have got what hurt. What if you get a 16-name so so right now? How many we can do a 30 right for 30 on, the, on the Browns quarterbacks. Let's how do it. Many? Is it 60 in the confirmed number? Let me see how uh, many no. I can get to. Here, I'll, I'll, pull it, I'll pull it up. You ready Some, for this? Got a, my, you ready for this? I'm ready. Go. Do it. Brian Hoyer, Brock Osweiler, Derek Anderson. That covers the AFC East. Josh McCown, also in the AFC East, but he's technically a starter right now until he's not. So, yeah, but he's. You catch my drift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're okay. Sixteen. Yeah. That that is, is that no uh, number or no? I think it's no. I, I have eleven on this list. Okay, but. I've got RG three. That makes it five. I've got. Let's see. Moving. Maybe it is eleven. Maybe Cody Kessler would be six. Colt McCoy, although he Colt McCoy. We count him. Count him. This was yeah seven right there. Be Colt McCoy. I'm trying to go by division. That always makes. I know. I'm going by injuries. How shocking is that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, did, did, did Josh Johnson ever sign with the Browns at some point? Yeah, because he could have. No, seriously, must have been. Uh, so let's see. Was there? I'm just going through. This I'm not checking them great. off. You guys keep talking while I'm. Uh, uh, Nate Davis. I mean, uh, Austin Davis. Isn't he the Broncos? Uh, 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 Broncos no, back quarterback. He's, is he back on it? I, I don't have him on my list. Okay. Well, Kevin Hogan is there. Yeah. So that's one. That's Hogan's eight. One. Um, Somebody plays for the Packers, right? Say it again. Yes. Yeah. There's Packer, obviously Sean Kaiser is yes. one. That's Deshaun nine. Kaiser. We've got. There's one you'll never get. I'll be shocked if you get the one. Okay. Well, that's that feels like a challenge right there. You had to be at like seven, right? Yeah, I'm at nine right now. Oh, you're at I'm at nine. Yeah. What Taylor Heineke or something like Pryor that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nope. Terrell Pryor count. You're not going to yeah. count Terrell Pryor. Yeah, I do Terrell not have Pryor on the list. You do not oh. have Pryor on the list. I tweeted I was this. So proud I tweeted this on October 28. That okay, that's interesting. You don't count Terrell Pryor. It feels like yeah. kind of a yeah, disgrace. You kind of right, should count Terrell okay, Pryor. Twelve. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm throwing one in there. I like my. Uh, Wait, is he on the roster right now? No. Terrell Pryor? No. no he's but, not a floating but around he was. the league, right? Okay. That counts. And he for still counts. I believe he's got quarterback eligibility in our league, but I'll check and make sure. I mean, how could you? So here, I'll, are you, are you counting AJ McCarron because he was nope. traded, but not necessarily executed? You're <laughs> no. not counting him. No, I'm almost no, what, there. Uh, I'm just going through the each division, position by position, team by team. Packers, Lions, Vikings, Bears. Oh my. Um, 49ers. Is that Seahawks. is it a, a silly question? This comes from our Twitter thing. Is Tyrod Taylor obviously one of them? Is he count as a backup or is he a? Um, I didn't include him. I didn't uh, include him at the time because he was. I was saying former. Browns quarterbacks, but well, you can form sure. okay. a lot of responses to the tweet. Okay, fine. I get whatever. Nine. Okay, That's so here's some hints. All right. All right. Uh, did you get Denver's? You got you got Denver's. I got Kevin, Kevin Hogan. Hogan yeah. uh, you got Colt McCoy. You yep. said Cody Kessler. Uh, did you get the Bills backup? He's currently. I said Derek Anderson. You said Derek yeah, Anderson. Good. He did. Yep. Deshaun Kaiser, we got. How about Houston's backup? Do you get him? 
Ooh, I didn't think about Who's that. Houston? Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon. Yeah, Brandon right Whedon. There, yep. Oh my gosh, that's yep. a, uh, Miami's that's a backup. One. Did you get him? I got, got Osweiler. Yeah. Patriots backup. Got him. You got Hoyer. Jets. Got him. McCown. Yep. Baltimore's number three. I got RG three. You got RG three. So yep. the last one. This is a tough one. Okay, give me, give me the conference. Did he say Josh Johnson? No, was he on the? He was. Oh, well, yeah. he wasn't. He, he, so he might be added now. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. That's yeah, right. again at this time he was not on the list. All right. Gotcha. This one conference? again. This one I actually missed the first time around. Alex Tanny was oh on God. the Browns. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. he is yeah. the backup for the Giants. And he did so, a right. YouTube video for the team's website yes. back in the that's day. That's right. Yeah. I've actually that seen is, that, one. that is. I don't think that's a crazy amount of players that yeah, are back. Still and, and all of those guys. Yep. Our backup quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Moving along here to our game picks. We that got them fun. all in here. Let's hear from Mike Clay on four hymns before we continue with some dynasty talk. All right. Let's do it. 66% of men lose their <laughs> hair by age 35. That's the thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, <laughs> it's too late. It's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Any bald spots yet? How will you feel a year from now if it's business as usual up there? I ask you, do you want a bald spot to pop up or do you want to do something about it first? Do you want your hairline to recede or do you want to do something about it first? I would do something about it first, I think. So why do guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science? The solution for hims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. No waiting room, no awkward in-person doctor visits. Save hours by going to 4 Products are shipped directly to your door. You should order right now. Our listeners get a trial month of Hims for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds, hundreds, if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4 instead. Slash FFF. That's four hymns, F O R H I M S dot com slash FFF, four hymns dot com slash FFF. All right, let's get going with some dynasty conversation. Here's what we're going to do we're going to talk about some backfields. It might be a little bit complicated in dynasty for a variety of reasons. It'll make more sense as we go along. We're going to let Mike get into the outlook, and there might be some injury concerns as well. So let's start with Atlanta and Stefania. Uh, Devontae Freeman, 26 years old, is technically eligible to return in week 16 of this season. Given the fact that the Falcons are 4-8, and eight, I'd have a hard time envisioning that being the case. Yeah, you're not bringing him back after he's missed virtually the entire season for one week. Um, you know, and I'm all, I'm all in favor of guys coming back um, if they're ready to compete, sometimes as a means of testing themselves, uh, because then there's some confidence going into next season, knowing that they've been able to recover. But I think in the case of Devontae Freeman, he's with a team who knows what he has to offer. You know, there's nothing for him to demonstrate to them. Uh, he, he played through injury late last season. You guys may recall that. He had two sprain ligaments mm-hmm. in his knee, and then took the offseason to recover, and then obviously suffered another injury in week one. So uh, I'm with you, Field. I don't I don't know that I see it happening here, but think about it. If the last we saw of Devontae Freeman was week five yep. of this season and knew that everything else he missed was because of injury, the, if you had injury concerns coming into this year, they were just confirmed, uh, unfortunately for him. And now I think that he's still got some good – running back years left in him for sure. And he's had a bit of a string of bad luck, but he's definitely going to come 
with a high risk based on the recent history. Uh, Mike, he does have another year of his contract before it becomes a little bit more team-friendly to get out of it. So I think it's safe to say that Devontae Freeman is very much in the Falcons' plans for next year, but Tevin Coleman might not be. He's scheduled to be a free agent. I don't think he's really done anything to make his value skyrocket this year. He's been solid, but not spectacular. And I think teams are going to say to themselves, it's one thing if a Saquon Barkley were a free agent, but when you've got a player who's been okay like Tevin Coleman, he is super replaceable via the draft for younger and cheaper. So it's hard to assess what his value is because we don't know where he's going to be playing. But like, if I had to take a guess of like the outcome, is that like if Tevin Coleman is back in Atlanta, it's on a one year. That's my best bet. I think that makes a lot of sense. I do think he'll explore other opportunities to be a lead back elsewhere. But you know, I think he. Let's be honest. I think he kind of blew a, a great opportunity with Freeman out this season. Going into this past season, he was a, a hot dynasty asset or a guy to try to acquire because you thought, okay, one more year. Then he goes out to free agency, maybe gets a Jarek McKinnon sort of deal, and he's a lead back somewhere. That doesn't happen. Not to mention, there's not a lot of teams that have a major need at running back right now because of this recent youth movement, and some guys will come in as rookies too. So I think he hurt his stock. He's struggling after contact this season. He's averaged four yards per carry each of his past two seasons, so there's definitely red flags. So I have him at 29. He'll be 26 when next season opens. Probably going to get a decent deal, but probably in a committee again. Maybe the 1A, maybe the 1B, but I think his value is trending the wrong way. And just to touch really quick on Freeman, yeah, he'll be 27 next season. Savan, you and I talked before the show. I I was curious on your thoughts on him because he's kind of a polarizing asset in Dynasty right now. Do you go try to get him now cheap because people are worried and they're selling him? uh, Or do you just kind of stay away from that situation and, and move on? But again, he'll be 27 at the start of next season. I think he'll be the lead back in that offense. And when he's played, he's been a top 10 running back right. each of the past three seasons. This is a good Falcons offense. Too. And he's also not changed his running style. I think it's a value proposition, like it always is. And, and if you, to me, if everybody, if you have just a few people who are concerned about somebody and it's sort of on the fence, you got people who want to buy in, the value isn't there. I think a lot of people are going to be steering away from him. So mm-hmm. I think your opportunity to get him at a buy low is is really good here, and I'd be willing to take that chance. For the Broncos' like backfield, Philip Lindsay is right now the leader in the clubhouse. Royce Freeman, though, also a third-round pick this year. Mike, how do you size up this backfield? Are there any red flags for Philip Lindsay? Do you think you need to be um, cautioned? Yeah, how long do you have? Let's let's talk about Philip uh, Lindsay here. This wow, is interesting. That's interesting. Keep going. Uh, listen, he, he has been awesome this season. I think there's a lot of reason for optimism, but, you know, as you guys know, when, when people get too high on a player or a team, I like to bring, bring it down a notch and vice versa. If people are too low, I like to bring it up a notch a little bit. Uh, maybe as we just did with Devonta Freeman, both Philip Lindsay, he's been super efficient this season. Uh, as a, an undrafted free agent of, of the, of the guys who were not invited to the combine, he was my highest running back. So not total shock that he's been a decent player, but 6.1 yards per carry. We know he can't keep that up over the long term, but how far will he fall? Well, so let's look at a little deeper. First of all, he's a little older than you probably realize. Yep. When next season opens, he will be just, he will have just turned 25 years old. Of my top 20 backs in my dynasty running back rankings, 16 are younger than Philip Lindsay. He's the same age. He's born 10 days before Todd Gurley. So that's something to consider. When you're evaluating his dynasty value, he's averaging 4.4 yards before contact this season. That is easily tops in the NFL. Getting a lot of help uh, from his offensive line is a big part of that, of course. He's only averaging 1.7 yards after contact. That's below average at the running back position. Let's head over and and talk about our friends at Pro Football Focus. Philip Lindsay ranks 44th out of 57th qualified backs in elusive rating. He's not forcing missed tackles. That's another uh, issue and suggests that he's running through wide open holes behind that offensive line. How about passing down work? He's been targeted once during his past two games. That will need to go up uh, throughout the rest of the season and his career. 
His OTD is 4.7, suggests he should have four or five touchdowns, not nine. He's 21st in the league and carries inside the opponent's five-yard line. So that's Lindsey. I mean, there are certainly things to consider. I'm not saying I'm a Lindsey hater. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust, but it would not surprise me at all if he settled in as a 10 to 12 touch sort of guy, an Eckler, a Coleman, a change of pace guy that where, where he needs a guy like Royce Freeman to play a larger role. I mean, Freeman's a year and a half younger. He's averaging 2.4 yards after contact this season. That's fifth best in the NFL. And he's facing 7.1 inbox defenders per carry, which is highest among running backs. So he's running against stack boxes. That helps explain a little bit why his efficiency, uh, or at least his yards per carry and his big plays are not as high. So Interesting. again, a lot to think, unpack here. Yeah, there is a lot to unpack there. I think probably part of that is because Freeman's limited player. Like teams know what, what right. they're going to get when right. Freeman's in the game, right? So you load the box because you don't feel nearly as threatened in the passing game as you might feel Philip Lindsay or on the perimeter as you might feel Philip Lindsay. That, that's possible. Could be but chicken who, egg syndrome here. But sure, but who who catches the balls in that backfield going forward? I mean, I don't think Devontae Booker is in the plans long term. It's I probably a so two-man backfield here, right? So I, I, I do like Freeman. I liked him coming in, and I think he could still be a very good player. So All I'm right. still holding out hope. I'm not Fair overreacting. Enough. Let's get to the Jarek McKinnon and 49ers backfield because you've got two players that are injured right now, Stefania McKinnon for the season and Matt Breida for the week. And we never got to see McKinnon in this offense. So for all the chatter about how is he going to work in this offense and, you know, the workload that was planned for him was really high. I think what's interesting in the conversation here is can they expect the same kind of workload from Jared McKinnon going Mm -hmm. forward now that he has this injury in his history? If you look at Dalvin Cook. And he is tied to Jarek McKinnon because Jarek McKinnon came from Minnesota. And Dalvin Cook, they were like, we don't need Jarek McKinnon because we've got this in Dalvin Cook. And they tried to bring him back to that workload after his ACL. And what happened? He did not last long. You know, very that first year after ACL, you're more prone to some of these soft tissue injuries. Dalvin Cook missed some time. He's looking really good right now, but he could not be what they wanted him to be. I have to believe that. Um, there's got to be at least some level of concern from the 49ers. Not that Jarek McKinnon can perform that that he not that he can return to form I should say but can he carry the volume of work that he clearly was expected to take when they brought him over because he was going to be pass catcher you know heavy pass catcher and running back in that backfield Matt Breida has actually proved to them that they have they can lean on him a little bit more than maybe they thought they were so maybe you're going to see more balance between McKinnon and Breida Breida dealing with an ankle injury that has been nagging at him all year I think the offseason helps him get rid of that all right, so as it pertains to these running backs, now that we have the medical information, Mike, how would you size it up going forward? Uh, I size it up as McKinnon RB32, Brita RB30 in my dynasty <laughs> ranking. Wow. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of hedging here. I, I don't, I think what we, right now, if I had to project what was going to happen come week one next season, assuming McKinnon's healthy and could play, it would be a, a committee. And I think that's essentially what Kyle Shanahan has alluded to. Uh, you know, they, they, remember, they spent a lot of money to bring in Jarek McKinnon last season. I don't know why, because Kyle Shanahan throughout his career has taken whatever was handed to him and, and made a ton in terms of, of fantasy production. But they bring McKinnon in. Breed has played well. We've seen good stuff from Jeff Wilson as well. A lot of guys there. So for now, I'm hedging on this one. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that contract thing, Mike, because that was going back to that thinking to myself, it may have changed dramatically because of this ACL injury, but it probably tells you what Kyle Shanahan had in mind right. for Jarek McKinnon. The fact that he has gone his entire career using running backs out of the sixth round. His father did so too, infam- mm-hmm. you know, famously. His dad... Whether it was Mike Anderson or Olandis Gary or these mm-hmm. various mm-hmm. random running backs that were awesome for Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan did the same thing. And they paid $7 million a year to Jarek McKinnon, who yeah, I don't think weird. he was getting that from anybody else. They made sure they got their guy. 
And maybe it all changed with that ACL injury, but certainly like to see him I, back. I in still full think trade. though that Jerk McKinnon, they can utilize him the way they envision utilizing him. Right, you know, it, in, right, in that he fits in the offense that Kyle Shanahan runs. Right. And so I think that's where they thought he would be a better fit than Carlos Hyde. They were willing mm-hmm. to part with him. It's just when it comes to strictly volume, I think there's a lesson there of like, hey, we probably can't overload McKinnon. I I think he would have seen the volume that he never saw in Minnesota. They didn't have to. And people were like, can he hold up to it? Well, he never had been tested. I think that now he, like you say, it's going to be more balanced for that reason. Our friend Patrick Mahan notes, don't forget about Raheem Mostert, who, you know what, he did play well briefly. He, the good thing about him, he's going to continue to kick tail as one of the best coverage players. So no good. Special teams and his in injury, although it was season ending and it was gruesome to watch, yeah. um, forearm fracture. Uh, so not his legs. That's good news right there. <laughs> the Titans, we talked about them as pertaining to tonight's game against the Jaguars. Mike, how about them from a dynasty perspective? This one's a little bit more difficult to size up. Deion Lewis is 28 years old right now. Yeah, de- yeah, he'll be turning, he'll turn 29 early next season. Yeah. So that's definitely a red flag with dynasty running backs for sure. I will say this. We talked about his struggles this season from a fantasy perspective. He's only averaging 3.4 yards per carry, but his yards after contact's pretty good. That suggests that some of the offensive line injuries could be a, a little bit of a problem there. Not to mention the fact that they're very run heavy and you're going to see more inbox defenders. He's also caught all but six of his 51 targets. So there's some things to like, but I think he has a cap ceiling, right? He's probably not going to be a full-time 20 touchback anymore, just a change of pace guy or a situational player. So that's enough to put him on the flex radar, but not make him a, a strong fantasy asset. And as for Derrick Henry, 36 career catches, almost through three seasons. The guys never are unlikely to ever be much of an asset as a pass catcher. He hasn't been great as a rusher. I mean, he's after contact, he's fine, but you're probably thinking at this point in his career, LeGarrette Blunt, right? He's probably heading down that kind of LeGarrette Blunt route mm-hmm. where It'll be a, maybe an option to score some touchdowns, get early down carries, produce after contact, but never going to catch the football. Right, he'd be great as a great closer in one of the high-octane high right. offenses, which may not be good because he may eventually be vulturing <laughs> touchdowns from somebody else, but that's probably the role that he is best suited to play in at some point down the line. The Steelers are really interesting because Le'Veon Bell is still kind of part of the Steelers organization, but we know that won't be for long necessarily. Le'Veon Bell, 26 years old. James Conner, 23, year 23 years old. I would say that James Conner has a pretty clear path to being the guy in Pittsburgh for quite some time, Mike. Two more years in his current rookie contract, and you'd think that like, based off what he did this year, the Steelers are going to say, why invest $20 million in Le'Veon Bell for another year? We can get it at 5% of the cost from James Conner. Yeah, no question. I think, you know, we saw a big upset this year, right? The Bills going into Minnesota and winning that game. Bell being on the Steelers roster next season would be the biggest upset maybe in NFL history for sure. <laughs> so I think it's safe to say uh, this uh, marriage is over there. James Conner will be 24 uh, years old next season. I've met RB9 right now in my rankings. Le'Veon Bell, I've at 14. He'll be 27 and a half years old when next season uh, opens up. Remember last year, Bell was still the same old guy. Number one at the position, snaps, touches, carries, and receptions. The guy is a workhorse. Wherever he signs, he'll probably get a nice deal. Maybe not what he expected, but it'll still be a, a pretty nice deal to be a feature back, whether it's the Jets or or somewhere else out there. The Raiders, there's so many, there's several options. We, we've talked about them in the past, but yep. wherever he goes, he should be a 20 touch or so guy. Can catch the football, can rush it. Uh, he'll be certainly, I would think, in the top 10 of our rankings next season, which isn't to be taken lightly because running back is loaded right now with top end young talents playing workhorse roles. I know. It's so weird to me because. Uh, to, to know how to value him because he sat out this entire season, which 
on the one hand, I think that's nice for his body. Like you're going to feel good about it. Like fresh legs coming in is almost like the David Johnson thing last year. He had a wrist injury, kept him out the whole season, but he didn't have anything wrong with his legs. And kind of you thought coming into the season, at least like the legs will be healthy. I'm not worried about Le'Veon Bell sitting out a year. Um, I think this is actually good for him in terms of his running back shelf life. But I worry about where he ends up and sort of what the offense looks like. And if there's nothing else to focus on, it just makes it, you know, we've seen this before. Guys who have Mm -hmm. amazing talent, but they are the only thing going on their team. So everybody just decides to focus on them defensively and they just don't put up the same kind of numbers. Probably making this way too simple, but I continue to believe that the best fit for Le'Veon Bell would be the New York Jets who have a ton of money. And if Mike McCagney is retained as their GM... It's going to be one of those, like, we're keeping you, but you need to win or get decidedly better right away. And the Jets have a ton of money to spend. Yeah, and that offense could make a pretty quick leap if Sam Darnold's the real deal. Because sure. you have Robbie Anderson and a new one. You have Chris Herndon and you would add Bell. I mean, it, it could suddenly turn Can quickly. Can you imagine? We're talking about the Jets like this. A powerhouse. Winning, a powerhouse franchise. Yeah. <laughs> like the Bears offense. It's, well, it's crazy how the perception of a GM changes in a year, yeah. right? Ryan Pace, to your point about the Bears, last year it was like the guy had continually overpaid and... And, and, and competed against himself, drafted Mitch Trubisky, traded up for him. Well, now everybody's like, yeah, Mitch Trubisky's the man. Ryan Pace is a genius for Look getting Khalil smart. Mack. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Matt Nagy, great hire. That draft, the Bears were destroyed and the 49ers were praised for the best draft of all time. And that has not gone so well. Let's just yeah, say that. Safe to say that it's easier to judge things Way after the fact. Pick on right the 49ers, Mike, just like the guy who normally sits in that. So what do you got, Daniel? At this point in the show, we were going to talk, we're going to revisit the rookie running back rankings from how we had them in August pre-draft to how they are now, but with how much time we have left in the show, I just don't want to rush through it really quickly, Mike. Are you okay with pushing this until next week, and we'll talk about rookie running backs one of the three days you're on next week? So let's do some ZipRecruiter Fan of the Week. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go. All right, the question from this week was, you have an 0610 member. You can have an 0610 member go with you to any event of your choosing. Who are you choosing, and what event are you going to bring them to? Okay. This one comes from Will Grant. (laughs) This is easy. I'm going to the Super Bowl, but who am I going to take? Well, I could take Matthew, whose Redskins haven't made it past the divisional round of the playoffs since 1992. But nope, I'm going to take Daniel Dopp. He may <laughs> never have a chance of attending one watching his beloved Lions, so I'll take him there. Ooh, that one kind of stings right there. Yeah. It does sting a little bit. Yeah, that it does hurts. sting a little bit. That, that one was hurts. from Will Grant. Uh, Would this... you? Let me, real question. Would you be interested in going to Super Bowl if the Lions were not playing? I have gone to a Super Bowl that the Lions did not play at. In fact, it was the infamous Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, and it was fun to watch, but it wasn't the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Would you rather go to a Super Bowl where your team loses? Because I've been to one of those. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. The answer is yes. I, I, yeah. What, what are you pausing for? It means your team gets to one. Yeah. No, 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 I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Seriously. Says the resident Browns fan who had to a Lions fan. Well, let me say to this. Let fan. me say this. Come on. <laughs> because if it was a normal game, I think I would be okay with it. But when you're spending four thousand dollars for a single ticket to a Super Bowl that your team loses, like yes, the memory is cool, but that's like I, I just. That's a lot of money to spend to watch your team not win the big game. Oh yeah, I was just I was just banking on getting free tickets from you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. All right. Yeah, yeah that's my case. That's fair. All right. All right. This one comes from Jason Miazza. I would take Stefania to my family's fantasy football league draft next year. That sounds really fun. I would put my <laughs> tiny hands around her sleeveless arms and we would dominate when putting picks up on the board. And we would put the winnings into a trust fund that Field will get when he turns 18. Okay. I, That's creepy. It was, yeah. 
Tiny hands, huh? Tiny hands like around his mitt. arms, and then they would both put the name up on the on the board as like, uh, yeah, we're picking this player. Got it. T- okay. Tiny hands touching your arms and dominate like back to yeah. back to back there. That's you that's know what? Little... Yeah, I couldn't really listen to the rest of that. So <laughs> yeah, no. okay, <laughs> all right. A, that's a no, and in front of your family. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one comes from Jeremy Simpson. I'd have to go with Matthew and the 2019 Emmy Awards, witnessing him see the new category quote. Not ready for linear television best actor award would be the cherry on top of his amazing career. That's what he says to start every day of the <laughs> well, fantasy show. You would be show. winning that award, presumably. Daniel in a shocking turn award. of events, yeah. Straw Man is announced as the winner and then proceeds <laughs> to call Man, Matthew, nice. Daniel, and all the other puppets bums. The irony would be genius. Oh, Straw Man winning. That's Straw pretty clever. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. going to get, yeah, that's pretty clever. That one is from Jeremy Simpson. Uh, Joshua Buck says, I'm taking Barry to my wedding so the bride can see there are worse alternatives and she's making a great decision with me. <laughs> okay. That's pretty good. Winner. That is going to be amazing. hard to top. That's going to okay. be hard to there top. Are, there are two more. This one comes from Chase Bricker. I would have to pick Field Yates. You see, as a kid, I used to love going to Chuck E. Cheese's and today you have to have a kid to get in. Let me tell you something. I respect that. My nephew Asher is two and a half, and that kid is obsessed with Chuck E. Cheese. They all oh, yeah. are Going at that age. That's with what happens. Him and Marmar, my mom, who he calls Marmar, and him are best friends. We do some Chuck E. Cheese all the time. It's the cutest thing ever. It's and you, you know, it's, like uh, it's cute until you are there all the time with well, the kid. It's like my mom tells me some some sort of harrowing stories about how like he doesn't even he doesn't understand that the tickets can be put towards a gift. He just likes the actual process of collecting oh, the yeah. tickets. Oh, he yeah, thinks totally. it's great. Right. Meanwhile, yeah, she's like, yeah, sense. there are these dads that are like cutthroat that are like trying to get like 40,000 tickets to get like a, like an old school TV oh, that still has is. like an antenna. They're yeah. like, they're like, it just, I think it's worth like six dollars. Uh, yeah, just pull out the wallet. So, but the fact that you, um, the field knows so much about Chuck E. Cheese, a little concerning. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know deal. All right. This is the last one comes from Drew Baldick. He says, <laughs> it's a little bit more serious. Yeah. I would take Matthew Barry to war. As a former Marine, most of what we did sucked hardcore. Boot camp, training, and being deployed involved a lot of hardship. However, we made the best of it. Cards, trash talking, throwing little rocks at big rocks, and numerous other ridiculous things. Matthew has always reminded me of the funny guy every platoon had. He's the one kid that somehow ended up joining the Marines, snatched up by some slick recruiter saying he'd be flying jets, and then he'd end up in the infantry as a machine gunner. Private Barry would then proceed to complain his entire way through this four-year service. For some reason, people enjoy listening to the funny guy complain. Maybe it's the Seinfeld effect or something. But it really makes crappy situations better. So I take Private Barry to war. Started listening years ago and continued after I got out, thanks to the thousands of hours of terrible advice and some of the worst jokes to have ever been digitally recorded. <laughs> that is from Drew Baldick. And I'll tell you what, we've had. I just wanted to read that because we've had so many people overseas tell us that they have listened to the podcast as just a little bit of brevity in the middle of everything that they've been going through. So huge levity, shout out to you them. Mean, I'm sure. Sorry, did I say brevity? You said brevity. Again, that's the second and time we are in not no. known for our brevity. No. So <laughs> a levity, I'm sure. But look, wow. uh, also, like, that is so touching. We hear from folks in the service all the time about, um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to go on, on a ship um, when a friend of mine from college was is who's now an admiral was commander of the ship and everyone i met out there was asking me fantasy football questions like here we were touring the ship but they were like so is you know is Le'Veon bell gonna have a good year i mean 
the role that fantasy football plays in helping lighten the load mm-hmm. um, is is amazing. And we are all touched and honored to be a part of that. So much respect. And that was a that was a great entry because it's actually really funny. Too. Oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> really well done, descriptive. Yeah. And we thought we had this one decided with yeah. Joshua taking Matthew to his wedding. That's a really strong contender there from Drew. Um, I guess, guys, this comes down to, I mean, wow. I'm going, I, I gotta go Drew here. Man, that was, that was good. Drew at Lengthy, more, I know. But, but I feel so bad for Joshua because it was a great entry. Oh. I almost want to give Joshua I know. Can we give 16. Joshua, like, can we, can we do that? Can we, can we put Joshua in the contention for that? Because that one was so good and so funny and how we have been rewarding these people who have done the short entries that knock us over. That is a great so question. That is accurate. What do you, what do you say about this? What do you say about, I mean, Drew, really good entry here. I think this could almost be considered a man's league entry for 2019, if you ask me. Ooh. Ooh. What do you I like that. Drew, I mean, I would, I would presume that Drew would want to be in the man's league. Maybe I would we give that. Drew the option. Hey, Drew, you have the option of the man's league or the fan of the week. And if you take man's league, then Josh gets ma- fan of the week. I agree with that. Is yeah, that fair? I think that's a good way. I think done. we have done a nice job of working. Making everybody happy. Cause, yeah. and, and, or if Josh says, no, I just want to keep entering and I'll just win next week. He could do that sure. too. But yeah. well, that was a really strong entry. That was but Drew. That one. That, that one hit you right yeah. here, man. We appreciate exactly. that. We'll reach out to both. Congratulations to someone who will be the ZipRecruiter's smartest man. Yes, week this yes. Week. and thank Good you job. all for entering. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. We all right. Next week's question. Yet, next Daniel. week's question is: It's not quite as exciting with Matthew not being here. But <laughs> if you could team up with one member of the O six O and O for your cornhole league, which <laughs> member are you picking and why? Field, do I remember that you did in fact? Win or cheat? Uh, no, Matthew and I played twice, and I waxed him the first time. He <laughs> waxed me the second time. So, oh, we're so I think bad. Uh, I yeah. think it's time for me to get in on this corner. Right. We need a game. tournament. The only thing about Stefania is Stefania's got too much muscle to play cornhole. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gonna, I, I can drop the finish. Airmail it. I can drop if anybody. The... Hey, if you need if you need cornhole tips, did you guys see the video of Jeffrey Lurie, the Eagles owner, oh, on Monday yeah. night <laughs> no. before no. the game? No, he just like they were like, yeah, go ahead and play, and he picks up the cornhole bag and just. Overhand toss one and it goes right through the hole and everybody was like, "Eh, we'll let it fly because you're the owner and you're the boss." But uh, yeah, <laughs> we got to work on this form. Jeffrey's yeah. a good so man. So good. Um, yes. ZipRecruiter.com/slash fan. Pick one member of the O six O to join your cornhole league. Who do you want? And I have why? skills. Why? You'd be surprised. There you yeah. go. We are back on Friday with a preview podcast. Every single game previewed. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank you to Mike for being here again. Stefania B87 on Instagram, electric account where you can see <laughs> Melvin Gordon. Oh, that's right. Stefania underscore ESPN. Yeah. Mike Clay NFL on Twitter and Instagram. Mike is a solid account. I'm at Field Yates. We look forward to talking to you guys on Friday. Peace out. You're in the 06010. Never gonna hustle in case you didn't know. Matthew Berry, TMR. You, 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 you guys go ahead. Give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail bait, field yates. You, you're, 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 you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field yates. At field yates. Stefania your bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret squirrel, Daniel Dunn. Make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people realize. That never stops. Loyal 06010 listeners.
Today's horoscope brought to you by GEICO. Gemini, you may find yourself struggling with alertness today. That's because you stayed up last night celebrating the hundreds of dollars a year you could save by switching to GEICO. Your struggle will continue well into the afternoon during Philip's status meeting, in which you'll say, No, Philip, I wasn't snoring. I have severe seasonal allergies. Your presentation was riveting. Well played, Gemini. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.